Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome to the kitchen table. For the next several weeks, we are going to be talking about what it means to be a prayer warrior on behalf of your child. What does that actually mean? How can we do it well? And yes, I'm going to be talking and sharing with you and giving you little peeks inside of a warrior mama's prayer journal because I want you to see that This aspect of your motherhood is, number one, a non-negotiable. You and I are called to be prayer warriors on the behalf of our kids. There are many different people that we're called to intercede for consistently and continually, but one of them is our children. But number two, it is also not a place of condemnation. And so I'm going to share with you that I walked through a season where it became a place of condemnation for me, where I was being chewed up and spit out by an enemy who wanted me to believe that everything that was going wrong in my home was because I was messing it up. And especially in this area of prayer. And so God began to invite me into a conversation with him, helped me begin to study his word and understand how can I pray for my children powerfully and confidently, not just today, but over their lifetime so that I can kill the lies of an enemy who want to, who wants to just make me be doubtful make me feel discouraged about what's happening with my kids. So if that's you, or if you're at all interested, which I'm going to encourage you, stay and join in this conversation about prayer. We're going to take apart the way I see prayer for my kids and how I do it. Honestly, it's laid out in this book that I wrote. Because in essence, if I could truly just sit with you, at a table, this is what I would teach you. And it came out of a year in our lives that in the Kimsey home, we affectionately call the year terrible. Like we just suffered in that year. We suffered with a lot of physical illnesses in our home that year. A lot of very, very serious illnesses in our home that year. We suffered from a lot of mental health illnesses in our home that year and then moving forward, we suffered from a lot of emotional struggles. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of doubt and a lot of discouragement in our home in the year 2016. I'll just name it. And yet that was the year that God brought me such great freedom, revolutionized a lot of my motherhood thinking changed radically who I was on my knees before him about my kids. 
So what was happening that year? Well, it was a year that we had just had a newborn. We had seven other kids, so this was our last child. We had a child who ended up getting a traumatic brain injury that we were having to nurse back to health that year. We had a child that year who also had a blood disorder problem that at first they thought was cancerous, and then, praise God, it was not cancerous, but stumped all of the cancer docs who were engaged with his care because they could not cure what they had sold us was easily curable. It, it was not curable for our child in that, in the easy short-term outlook. We had a lot of mental health issues beginning to crop up with some children. I would imagine some of that even stemmed from all the other emotional trauma that was happening in our home with just fear and worry and attention being placed on the the truly sick children. And through it all, I was desperately, completely, wholeheartedly in love with my Jesus. And I was meeting him in the mornings and spending time with him in the word and and praying on my children's behalf. And the reason I say that to you is oftentimes, or definitely for me, I carried into 2016 a belief system that was absolutely wrong, which was, and God began to uncover for me that year. And the belief that I had carried into 2016 was that if I'm walking with Jesus, if I am pursuing him and my eyes are on him, then things will go well. Things will go well in my home. Things will go well with my children. Things will go well with my marriage, because I'm walking with Jesus. And sweet friend, number one, there is so much performance loaded into that statement and so much of a demand of behavior in that sentence. And yet that's what I was believing. So when we rolled into about February and I had been in the bed because my back had gone out horribly and then we were in the hospital with a child and couldn't get out of the hospital, and then another child ended up in the dark for four months, I was stunned that this could be happening. And yet God in his goodness began to peel off of me more layers of my believing in myself as part of the gospel equation. And he said to me that, in essence, all that was was bondage. And I would never be able to be a good enough mom, a more more perfect parent to ensure that everybody is happy and healthy and just grooving perfectly through their lives. That it was a lie that I was in bondage to. And instead, he began to invite me to spend time with him purposefully in prayer. And while I had prayed all my kids' lives, I mean, like, I love the Lord. I prayed. We have, the Lord and I have, from when I was a very young child, we have had the kind of conversations that, like, I literally asked the Lord what I should cook for dinner, especially on the nights that I'm tired. And, you know, he faithfully shows up and gives me a good idea and shows me the ingredients that I can put it together with. Like, he loves having conversations with us all the time. But I wasn't doing 
something that God began to show me would absolutely transform my prayer life with him and grow my intimacy with him. I was praying for my kids. I was praying for my family. But I had not learned the power of praying God's word purposefully for my kids. And you may not be like me. I tend to be scattered in my thinking and I tend to forget easily things that have happened in the past. So that sometimes goes great for me and for my kids. They'll laugh because they know if I stick them in the bathroom to think about something and I'm they're in the bathroom too long, it's because mom has forgotten about them and gotten distracted with another child. And they'll come to the door and they'll say, hey, mom, you, you put me in the bathroom to think about this. Do you remember? Like I, I am, it is easy for me to be forgetful. But that, this place, praying over my kids, I needed to see God at work. I was desperate to see God at work. I was hearing the lies from the enemy that was saying, he's not at work in your family's life. Nothing is changing. Nothing is getting better. In fact, everybody's getting sicker and you are not making any inroads in the child whose mental health is eroding and this child over here is just feeling forgotten and you're not helping that child at all. And you are not doing a good job and God is not at work. That's what I was hearing. And it felt like that. There was no transformation that was happening. No miracles were happening in the Kimsey home that year. And God introduced me to some of the ways I was praying. So you see, one of the ways I was praying is I was praying what I would call a shotgun prayer. And If you understand what a shotgun does, it sends out like all these pellets and it's like a spray blast. And so I was praying these prayers for my kids of, you know, in essence, cover them all with this same concept. Lord, help them all have a good day today at school. Lord, please help all my kids to get better. Please protect all my kids from getting sick. You know, it's like this shotgun blast prayer, just a general prayer to cover everybody. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. And then another prayer that I was praying, I call a flare gun prayer. And I was praying a lot of those in 2016, pretty much every day on the day. I mean, on the double, like, oh my goodness, our lives were so, so hard that year that I was praying these, let me shoot up this emergency. This is what I desperately need, God. Oh my goodness, please help me in this moment. Prayers. Capturing, you know, his attention with this desperation. And there's nothing wrong with that prayer either. So these prayers are not prayers that we should not pray. But I was limited in my prayer life. Because those were the prayers I was praying. And God began to usher me into a separate space of prayer. He began to highlight to me the truths that Jesus didn't pray like that. In fact, Jesus gives us all these examples of how we're to pray. And none of them are the shotgun approach or the flare gun approach oriented. So there's something deeper and richer in the way God invites us to pray that I wanted to figure out because I was desperate to know what I could do to 
bring my children before the God that I knew cared about them. I knew he did. And God began to remind me of the power of praying scripture for my children. And I had seen all the little scripture prompts over the years of how to pray for different things in my children's lives. And I had seen all those tools. But again, I tend to be scattered. I tend to be tired as a mom. And I was forgetting. And God calls us over and over in his word to remember, to watch, to look, to see what he is doing and how he is at work. And so what began started with a couple of scriptures. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. The first scripture, and remember in this podcast, and if I sit with you, like my heartbeat is not that you tie into Bethany Kimsey's words, but that you tie into God's word. Like I want you to anchor your everything on the goodness of God and what he says in his word to you. So there are two scriptures that God began to use to radically change the way I prayed for my family. And truthfully, the way I pray for my husband, the way I pray now. So the first one is com- comes from Psalms 37. And it's verses 5 through 7. It says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So in my motherhood, long before 2016, definitely inside of 2016, just the, the normal of my motherhood has always felt demanding. When I had one child, when I had two kids, when I had three, like it didn't matter how many I had. So I hear and I talk to a lot of moms. They're like, well, I only have one. I'm sure I should have my act together in this. And I'm just going to tell you no, because motherhood has always been demanding for me. Lots of late nights, early mornings, work nobody else notices, lots of sacrifices that I was, that we make as moms, lots of unmet expectations. We make so many decisions every day. And by the end of our days, we feel exhausted, right? I mean, like I can literally within five minutes worry about the best, if, should I give Tylenol or Advil? Which one's better? How do I make a good meal plan for healthy eating? Are my kids watching too much TV? Can they have a little more screen time? Have I read any books to them today? Do I see the needs of my child? Why is the laundry always never ending? And why can't I get a handle on it? How much... Are my kids being challenged in their schooling? Are they doing enough STEM to help them think? Like, why do my kids fuss at one another? Do anybody else's kids fuss at each other like mine do? Are they going to do this when they're adults too? All of this. And those are just light thoughts, right? Then when you're in medical crisis or you're in marriage crisis or you're in just a childhood stage of life crisis, there's so many more thoughts. And those are all like before maybe even your kids have woken up, you're just the only one awake. So the first 
place that God told me to begin to anchor was myself. He said, Bethany, you have to pray this word of God for yourself. And this is what it is. Commit your way, Bethany, to me. Trust in me and I will act. I will bring forth your righteousness as the light. I will bring forth justice for you as a noonday. Be still before me, Bethany. Wait patiently for me. Do not fret, Bethany. Do not fret. And I began to cling to that truth and began to pray that prayer. God, help me commit my way today to you. Help me to trust in you today and let me trust and know that you will act. These are the places, God, I am specifically trusting you with today. I'm specifically trusting you with an infant who will not latch well when I'm trying to nurse him. And I'm worried about my breast milk supply because I'm so overstressed and overstretched by all my other kids. And God, I am trusting you with my child who's in the hospital for the fifth time in three weeks with an incredibly medically fragile state. I am trusting you that you will act. And so God, I know that you will help me not fret. And you will help me instead to be still before you. You see, that's how I began to pray Psalms 37, 5 and 6. You know, at first glance when I studied this passage, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, it's a formula. If I commit my way, if I commit all I do, if motherhood, everything, if I choose to do all these things, and I do them, and I say, God, I trust you, then he's going to act. But the tricky thing about that is when we talk about that in light of the gospel, that's not the gospel. That's a Bethany-dependent equation, isn't it? So what is God saying in this? Because if I'm going to pray it, I need to understand it. You see, he's not saying, well, if you'll just do this, then I'll do this, and there's a trade. There's no trade with God. God runs the full distance for you. He gives it all to you. He doesn't give you a dribble unless you give him a little bit more and then he gives you a little bit more because that would depend on you. But the gospel does not depend on you and me. It depends on God. So what does this mean to commit? Well, the word commit The imagery that the psalmist was trying to share with us was it means to roll. The imagery is one of my favorite passages now. I mean, there are so many days where I'm still literally like physically I will act it out with God. But it means to roll as if rolling rocks off of or onto another surface. Most of my days in motherhood feel like I'm toting around a lot of weight a lot of worry, a lot of concerns, a lot of just stuff I have to do. And yet God in this passage is not saying, hey, commit your way, like get your way right, like get yourself right. That's not what he's saying. And a lot of times we'll hear commit your way to the Lord means get your way right with him. Commit your way to the Lord means roll it off to him. That's different. This is his invitation of grace. He invites you and me to roll off the rocks of performance or worry 
the heavy stones we may carry around that of the ways we've been disappointed or we haven't had our expectations met, the, way we, the ways we've been hurt. He says, roll off those big boulders of fear, mama, and even let all the little rubbly stones fall off your back, all the tasks that you just carry. And instead, bow before me. And you know, when we bow, when we spiritually bow before him, the slope of our back will shift what we cling to, won't it? It will allow a pull of his grace and his mercy to loosen what we're holding on to. And it will, we can learn to let go of it and let it roll off of us. So when we commit, we're not adding to our to-do list. Instead, we're surrendering it into his nail-scarred hands. We're rolling it all onto him. So the first passage where God just grabbed me, he's like, your prayer life, your committing. And he answers it. He actually repeats it in the New Testament in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, where he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That casting is almost the same picture. It's this competent reliance on his goodness, giving it all to him, surrendering it all over, letting it all roll off your back, and letting him handle it. That was the first passage that I had to know and stand on and begin to pray and pray consistently. And I would journal it out in my journal. God, help me to surrender. Lord, help me not to be toting around even the tiny rocks. Show me, Holy Spirit, where these rocks are that I'm carrying and give me a willing heart to commit them to you, to let them roll off and let me receive instead your mercy and your grace in this time of my desperate need. So the second passage that God brought me to when I was learning how I was going to pray differently for my kids in this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year was Colossians 4.12. And it's kind of a weird passage because it's like Paul's at the end of Colossians and he's kind of giving his sum ups and his, hey, this person and this person and this person. And he says this, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. That's Colossians 4.12. And God struck me with that. It was almost like it was just like this laser to my heart of Bethany. First of all, Epaphras is one of you. He is, he's a servant of Jesus Christ, just like you are. Like he is just wanting to follow Jesus just like you do. And he is characterized for all eternity in scripture as being the one who is always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. And Epaphras was one of the church planters of Colossian, of the Colossae church. And he loved that church. It's like his baby. <laughs> you see that? He was so emotionally tied to that church so spiritually tied to that church that he was always struggling on their behalf in his prayer life. And I am emotionally 
so tied into my kids. You are so in love with your children. But was I always struggling on their behalf in my prayers? Or did I get weary and discouraged that I was always praying about the same things? And I was believing the lie that maybe my prayers weren't working. You see, God invites you and I to step into, yes, kind of a wrestling. That word implies a wrestling. And there's many times with my kids, and especially in that year 2016 and since and before, that one of my teens or my young adult kids is struggling in their walk with God and whether or not they see him as relevant to their lives. That's hard for me. So I can either be angry about that, I can be concerned about that, or I can choose to consistently pray on their behalf. And what do I pray? Epaphras lays it out. This is what he was praying. He was praying that they may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. And you know what? This passage is something I pray over myself. God, help me be like Epaphras. Help me be willing to struggle forever in my prayer life on behalf of my kids. Help me to consistently be praying that they will be mature and fully assured in all of your will. Teach me what it means to wrestle in my prayer life for those around me. God is doing the maturing in our kids' lives. But sometimes we can get discouraged and feel like the prayers aren't working. And if I'm honest that year, I was pretty convinced. And yet, God never stops listening. He, in fact, leans down, leans in, comes closer, totally tied into what we are saying and hearing our hearts cry, and he moves and he engages on our behalf. That is all in the Word of God. So why did I write A Warrior Mama's Prayers? I wrote it because I desperately needed it. I desperately needed some context in which to flood on paper the prayers that I was crying out before God so that I could see God move. You see, that was my problem is I was so scattered. I couldn't remember if I'd prayed, how well I'd prayed, what I'd prayed, and I just can get eaten up with performance. You got to do it right. You got to do it good. Those are lies, but they were just tripping me up. And so this prayer journal was birthed from a place of God going, let's get it on paper and let's give you a place where you can see me move. Because I promise you, my friend, your God loves to bring glory to his name. It is what he does in every way that he acts. The way he acts in your family's life is to bring him glory. And so when we mark our prayers down and then we return the next month and we see the changing that has happened, it is to bring God glory. And it is to firm up and shore up our wobbly faith. And it is good for that. And so I cannot encourage you enough to begin to sit with God and ask him, what does my prayer life look like, Lord? And what could it look like with you? As always, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me at bethanykimsey.com. And you can definitely find a Warrior Mama's Prayer Journal. The link is down below in the show notes. You can also find it at bethanykimsey.co.
So it's not bethanykimsey.com. It's bethanykimsey.co. It is all the Warrior Motherhood resources. They are put there in that store. And we would love, love to walk with you in your prayer life and to see and give God glory for what he does in your family as he teaches you how to pray for your children. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.